The following is a Barrett Sports Media production. Every sports media star has a story. From the highs... We are number one. We just grabbed every key demographic. <laughs> to the lows... You're fired! The path to success is always different. To help you learn more about the industry's top broadcasters, Barrett Sports Media brings you the Sports Talkers Podcast. Now, here's your host, Stephen Strong. Thanks for joining us today, Sports Talkers Podcast. Stephen Strom here. Welcome in. J.R. Jackson is going to join us in just a few seconds here. If you don't know J.R., he's a CBS Sports Radio weekday host from 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. You probably have heard him in your car if you're driving around late at night. He also hosts a Saturday show on WFAN in New York. The thing I like about J.R. is he's a lot of things. He didn't go to a Syracuse or a Fordham, any big-time broadcasting school like myself. He didn't get his foot in the door even at a local station. He started his journey by creating a YouTube channel, just grinding out content, meeting guests, and making a name for himself. And when you think of self-made, JR comes to mind. He talks about his journey, his media tour with the Special Olympics that's impacted many lives, and what Chris Mad Dog Russo said that still irks him today. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and review the Sports Talkers podcast. Without further ado, let's welcome on JR Jackson. When did you get into sports broadcasting? How old were you? And, and let's just kind of go from there. I guess you could say I got started in, while I was in, in college. I was actually in Baruch College in New York City studying business. I had a television producer named Fred Seibert. I was at the time working with, with musicians and producing for television and podcasts, et cetera. All of this was still growing. In 2009, I had a producer, Fred. He told me, listen, he said digital video was the way to go. He said, I know you have an interest in sports. Uh, have you ever thought about just starting your own show on YouTube? And I said, no. He says, hey, why don't you try it and see what happens? And, you know, 80 million views later, uh, here I am, CNN Headline News, NBA TV, V103 in Atlanta. You mentioned the national show I do on CBS, WFAN. So I've, I've, I've come quite a, a long way from just the guy on YouTube in his bedroom in the Bronx. <laughs> so hold on. So you went to school originally for business? Yes, absolutely. I went to school for business, marketing, and communications. Yes. So were, did you grow up in, at the, you know, listening to WFAN? What was your sports knowledge and interest and love? It was always there. Very much, very much so. I mean, I, I'm, I know WFAN, is, it's about as old as I am. And so I've, I've, I remember every minute and every second of it. I'm a, I'm a huge sports fan. I didn't wake up and say, oh, man, business school sucks. Let me just, you know, <laughs> act like I, I know about sports. I mean, this is, this is something I'm, I'm very passionate about out of many things, but it's something that I decided to, to make into a living. Let's start here with the YouTube channel because this is, this is becoming a, a common theme of people. Just Let's just create my own content. Sure. What were the things that you were focusing on to make your – content different and consumable for all audiences let's talk about that first well you know i i said i want to be a relatable These, my background in, in in programming like my first real office job i interned at vibe magazine my uncle is a dj named fat man scoop so i was kind of in and out of hot 97 as a kid never did i think i'd get into radio and so i have an understanding of how to plan things out mm. uh, how to how to put a plan together and roll it out. So even from my first video that I put on YouTube, it was about Gary Sheffield retiring. You know, it, was I as polished as I am now to talk to 300 markets across the country? No, I was not. 
but it, it didn't take long for me to put together a format that worked on YouTube. You know, it wasn't my, it wasn't by happenstance. I said, oh, let me name this the JR Sport Brief, you know? Mm-hmm. You know, starting off on YouTube, I said, I wanna be A, relatable, I wanna be myself, and I just, I wanna have fun. And that's where I said, I'm going to be different. I'm just going to be me. You know, sports talk, even in 2009 versus now, there's a, there's a big formula to it. You know, I take great pride in, in even what I do right now. If you listen to a national sports radio show, whether it be with me on CBS or Fox or ESPN, I take great pride in knowing that you're not going to hear another show like mine. So when did you feel like you really started to pick up steam with the YouTube channel? Uh, immediately. Immediately. I did all the online marketing for a show called Man and Wife. It was a sex and relationship show. I did all the online marketing for it on YouTube. I worked with plenty of musicians and artists on YouTube. And essentially, I took the same formula that I worked with those artists in 2009, and I applied it to myself. And it was really at that time in 2009, social media isn't like what it is here in 2022. The aspect of content being social was still nascent for a lot of people. They didn't understand it. I basically put a YouTube video out, took the most the biggest topic, whatever was topical for that day. And I said, hey, I think, uh, you know, the Los Angeles Lakers need to do this or put this with Kobe. You know, what are your thoughts? Mm. I'm no different than what I do on the radio, except for I'm doing it on the radio now versus YouTube, where you get an instant reaction via comments. Mm. You know, I would include listeners, not listeners, but viewers in my YouTube videos. They would leave comments. I would edit those comments into my next views or my next videos. So there was a, a gradual climb for my YouTube channel. It was, a, it was a gradual climb. What was the goal, the end goal for you during, during this uh, creation with YouTube? Uh, the, the end goal is, is kind of, it's, it's not even what I'm doing now. The, the end goal was to, to kind of lay out more of a platform for other folks. And it's, it's kind of what I'm, I'm doing now. You know, along the way, because I didn't take the traditional route, I didn't go to a Syracuse, I didn't go to a Fordham. You know, I'm not sitting up in a press box every game. I'm not calling games. All of that is by choice. Uh, I've taken the approach to just to, to have fun and to also highlight a lot of the good things that athletes are doing. I've been in locker rooms. I don't want to stand in locker rooms and say, hey, man, why did you suck today? You know, surrounded by 20 cameras who all get the same content. I'd rather see XYZ player, whether it's Carmelo Anthony or, you know, fill in the blank at their charity event. I'd rather mm. talk to them afterwards. And so those are relationships that I've built. And, and I'm at the point now where I wanna continue to roll out the red carpet of content for other people. So my, my goal in starting on YouTube was to grow the JR Sport Brief brand. And mm. it's, it's a blessing and it's a beautiful thing when I can go on CBS Sports Radio and it's not just, hey, hey, I'm JR Jackson on CBS Sports Radio. Something that I started in my bedroom is is being built on a on a national level and also a local level it's a it's a beautiful thing so everything that i'm doing continues to grow and uh, the youtube channel was just the start of it there's some people that tell you take any opportunity you can get even if it is a producer job what's your take on that early on in your career if, if a big name let's just say sirius xm or or even a wfan what what was kind of your thought process and and giving i guess younger broadcasters advice with this you, you know, there, there are limited spots for people to kind of jump into. You know, I didn't, quote unquote, get a, a traditional sports job and then elevate my way. You know, typically 
people don't just end up on WFAN. I just ended up on WFAN. You know, they they knew who I they knew who I was, and and then I, a couple of folks inside were were an advocate. They put me on at night, and then a couple of weeks later, Boomer Siason is calling me late at night, telling me how good I am. You know, so it, it it wasn't a process for me to say, let me just get my foot in the door somewhere and try to climb the, right. the ladder. But people can do that now. If you can build an audience yourself and walk into a building and say, this is what I've created, you have a better shot. At the mm. same time, yes, it, it makes sense. I, I think well-rounded people, especially when we live in a time where 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 money is being shorted and chopped and people are getting let go and you know gigantic companies are saving cash and money the more that you bring to the table if you understand how to work the board that's better for you as a talent if you don't know how to work the board and you're trying to work it as talent and they're not going to pay you in a board op if you can say hey i can do all of it myself and so the more you know about business the more skills and talents that you bring to whatever place that you work, the, the better off you are and the better off you, you can be. That's a great point. So how did you get your in at WFAN? So, I mean, this is, this is what happens when you're around long enough. So even before WFAN, you know, people, people knew who I was, like, in, especially in, in New York City. Uh, you know, I could go to the garden and be, oh my God, that's JR from, from YouTube. I don't know how many years ago it was. But I was somehow connected because I was around. I, I like people. I go out. I, I talk to folks, especially in the digital space. There's a, a man named Adam Bloom who worked at CBS in a digital space. And him and I kept great contact over the years. I did work and contributed uh, to CBS Local at the time, what they did. And from that, CBS Local, all together in WFAN CBS, uh, Mark was introduced to Mark Chernoff and Mark Chernoff said, hey, here you go, WFA, and I put you on. And that's that's what it is. 2018, I think maybe was the first time I got on the fan. And then uh, 2019, I got a call to, to come to Atlanta to work on 92.9 The Game and B103 for the morning show. I was a sports lead for that. And then, you know, I was offered the, the national show for CBS, so I took it. And, and being authentic. And, and that's been really a common theme in, in all of these interviews is, you know, you can't try to be anyone. I can't try to be Colin Coward. I can't try to be Stephen A. Smith because that's who they are. And I am who I am. And you've got to figure out, you know, who you are sometimes. I mean, I know it's kind of cliche, but being your authentic self is the only way you're going to, I think, excel in this industry. Listen, you, you, we, we can have, or anybody can have a shtick, Everybody can have their thing and it's branding. There's, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But I've always found people who are true to themselves can, can really last the longest. You know, there's a lot of things that come. There's a lot of things that go. Uh, but if, you, if you're malleable along the way and can stay true to yourself in that path, I think people line themselves up for, for the best amount of success. All right, Jair, tell us about uh, Media for the Movement Tour with Special Olympics. Absolutely. So last year, so I took this opportunity, this national show opportunity with CBS Sports Radio in February of 2020. And we know what happened a few weeks after that in March is everything, basically the planet shut down yep. with the pandemic. And so I've always had a plan to, to go around and, and do a tour, a college tour, uh, to go ahead and talk to students and broadcast my show, et cetera. 
And so when we were finally starting to come out of the pandemic around last year, last fall, uh, I pretty much had an interview at one point with Dalton Reisner. Uh, he's an offensive guard for the, <clears throat> for the Denver Broncos, excuse me. And uh, he was paired up with a Special Olympics athlete. I've been working with Special Olympics and volunteering since I was a kid. Wow. And so when this opportunity came about, the, the young lady that he was paired with, she was like a board member for Special Olympics. And we finished that interview and she was so awesome. And I was already planning the tour. And I called up Jason Teitler, who's in charge of communications for Special Olympics. And I said, listen, I'm going out and doing this tour. I'm gonna to talk to students about my journey. I'm gonna to try to sprinkle a little bit of information from what I've learned from YouTube to traditional media, television, radio, et cetera, in classrooms. But we are in such a, a combative state that I would love a Special Olympics is, is a part of this tour. And so we called it the Media for the Movement Tour. And it's, and it's the simplest form. It's to talk about how students who are interested in athletics and sports, mm -hmm. health, physical therapy, you know, how they can go ahead and, and brand themselves, how they can, you know, look for that next job opportunity, but also in its simplest form, you know, be inclusive. Yep. And so last semester, I went to about 25 schools across the country and was able to spread this message. And each stop, I had a special Olympics athlete with me to, to talk about inclusion wow. from a sports perspective. And this year, we're also focusing in on inclusive health and really emphasizing that, you know, sports is a business. You know, what we do is a business. Me on CBS is a business. It, it's also fun. It, it's also real. And it can also have an immense impact on, on society for the good. And sometimes that's omitted. Mm -hmm. And there's just too many people running around who are all about me, 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 me. And I got an ego just like everybody else, but I, I care more about other people. JR, that, that's fantastic. And, and I want to give everyone your Twitter real quick. JR Sports Brief on Twitter. If anyone has any questions, make sure to, to hit them up on Twitter or, or just even just look it up. So thank you for sharing that. Let's get into your show. Last couple of questions for you. You're big on callers. Why is it important for you to interact with your callers? And, well, and honestly, there's a lot of shows that don't even do it anymore. Well, yeah. I, I, and, and for the life of me, I, I don't know why. And everybody's entitled to, to their own opinion. You know, I'll put it to you this way. I listen to a lot of sports radio, locally, nationally. I can't even tell you how many, how many shows I listen to that don't even take the time to thank the listeners. I know. You know, so you, you telling me I take on callers. I, I'm big. I could, like, like I said, I come from the quote unquote social media world. I also know a little bit about traditional media. And I think it is, it, is, it is robbery to not have more of an interaction that is readily available with your listener. It's another thing when people actually rock with you and know that, oh my God, this is someone, even though it's the radio, they're actually maybe not physically tangible, but I can go ahead and pick up my phone mm. and contact them. Whether they wanna yell at me, whether they wanna tell me they love me, they agree with it, it doesn't matter. It's like every night I have a chance. I got a blank canvas in front of me. Yep. And I can talk for four hours if I want. But even for me, it's like, well, do I want to? It's like the teacher from Charlie Brown. It comes a point <laughs> in time where everything is wah, 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 yeah. wah, Just building that community. I just well, remember growing up on WFAN and 
I would try to call into Mike and the Mad Dog. I tried to, for Evan Roberts, and and you want you would stay. You listen to the next. You know, it keeps people coming back. It interacts with fans. And to go back to your original point, you know, you're a fan. Like you want to you want to relate to these people. For someone to just talk for four hours and not involve the people uh, that are literally the reason why you're getting paid for this. Correct. It's hard. It's hard for me sometimes when I hear program directors just say, "Yeah, well, you know, calls don't bring anything to the program." No, I, you know, what, what do I know? You know, I've, I've never programmed radio, so what do I know? Um, but for me personally, if I were to take that approach, I would find it to, to be lazy. There has not ever been a caller who has called my show that I felt like they hijacked my show, that they were in control of it, even if they felt that that was the case. And even if they want to go left, you have to understand how to control and manage the situation. People who shortchange the listeners and just go, I'm going to say this is your job to listen. This is how we formatted it. Man, that's 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 boring as hell to me. Radio is primarily I mean, it's white. It is white. you. You look at these different hosts. It's white. You are one of the very few full time black hosts. What what does that mean to you? Well, I mean, first, I, I represent myself. That's first and foremost. And when I started even on YouTube, even prior to, you know, even radio or television, as I said, I'm, I'm going to be me. It is, it is obvious as hell to most people by looking at me that I'm, I'm black. I'm as black as black <laughs> can be. And, and here I am. I got, a, I got a beard. I got an afro. You know, you can see that now or you could have seen it 10 years ago. I'm, I'm black. And the fade I'm, looks great over here. The taper fade. Very nice. Thank you. I have, a, I have an excellent barber. Her name is Tiffany. She's absolutely amazing. Shout out, Tiffany. Yes, shout out to Tiff the Barber in Georgia. I have always said, I'm going to let who I am speak for me. You know, if you can listen to me on, on radio or watch me, you're going to know I'm Black. I don't need to tell you. But that doesn't mean I'm going to shy away from discussing issues. You know, when, when I took the, the job, I told you about the pandemic. I'm talking about CBS Sports Radio. I took the job, the pandemic came. And then George Floyd was killed. And then the next thing you know, this permeates into sports. This is why, you know, I say sports, there's a lot that you can do for good. I don't create that separation. I also think that's, that's lazy. The shut up and dribble narrative, the, you know, stick to this, that's, that's lazy. That's for people whose brain, the elevator only goes up to a, a certain place and they're not capable of, of climbing the steps if the elevator doesn't work. Well, they just don't want to. Oh, yeah. Well, a lot of people don't want to because people a lot of people, it's human nature. You, you get into your, your comfort zone. And so it was it was actually uh, disgusting, you know, for for quite a while. Some of the calls that I would receive and I had to handle them in such a way to say, OK, this is why this is the case or this is why this is the case. When people say, oh, this guy should have did this or this guy should do that. And it's a reminder. It's not my job to go out and just change the world with the snap of the fingers. But if I can do my part just by, by me doing what I do, whether it's the tour, whether it's people listening to me, you know, people going, I, I wish that we didn't have to go, hey, I'm the only solo black host on, on the majors. I wish we didn't have to do or say any of that, yeah. you know, but it, it's also still, as you said, it's, it's people either A, don't want to change, well, they're comfortable. I remember very clearly several years ago, you mentioned Mike and a Mad Dog. I believe it was uh, Chris Russo. 
uh, he was asked about the, the lack of, of blacks or minorities or whatever you want to say in radio. And he was just like, oh, they, they, they don't exist. They're not out there. And that was that was a very ignorant statement. Mm. You know, people only know what they are exposed to. People only know what they are given a chance for. I've had a program director at one point in time tell me that they were concerned about my sports knowledge. And it's just like you're basing that off of what exactly just by watching my my video reel. I've had television producers tell me, well, you're not loud and wild enough. And it's just like, well, you you put me on on television. You want me to stand on the table and, and yell. And so when I talk about authenticity, I understand that people will look and listen at times and go, oh, he's black. Oh, my God, he's black, but he's good. Or he talks that like that's the type of stuff that we, we need to get away from. Yep. I'm I'm. I'm, I'm realistic enough to know that all of these things change in time. And, and that's a, a solid reason why like, I'll, I'll anybody if I can go ahead and help them out. Because I understand what it means to walk into a room, into a TV studio, you know, pre me having an Afro and a beard and me walking in with a suit and a tie and being asked, oh, what, what camera are you going to operate? And it's just mm -hmm. like, no, I'm going to stand on the other side of the camera and actually do this news broadcast for CNN. Oh, you work for us? Yes. Yes, I do. I'm about to do my hit. And so I can go on and on about some of these, these unfortunate stories and situations, but that's why I keep going. And it's, it's not just for myself. It's, it's for anybody who feels that, man, you know, I, I can't get a break. We live in such a great world right now where you can go ahead and get and make that break yourself. All right, JR Jackson, everyone, JR Sports Brief on Twitter. Make sure to check him out. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Make sure to check out all the other podcasts on BarrettSportsMedia.com. We're on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Google. JB, you know, always has us covered. And also, we've got great articles every single day. We're informing you. We're entertaining you. We've got such great writers on this site every day, waking up and reading. Inform yourself. Uh, as always, we are back on next Thursday. Have a great weekend. I'm Steven Strom, and thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week here. Thank you for listening to the Sports Talkers podcast with Steven Strom. A reminder that each episode can be found on iTunes, Spotify, and most podcasting platforms. To stay up to date on future episodes, visit BarrettSportsMedia.com.